0: yeah
1: i wish that i was optimistic i wish that i could trust my intuition
0: so welcome everybody to the introversion podcast this is a very special experimental episode today i am joined by my friend brian and we are going to do something different today we are going to watch he told me i should watch this documentary called alt-right age of rage and I watched it a couple weeks ago on Netflix, and he had already seen it, and then I watched it, and I had a lot to say as I was watching it, and then we kind of had this idea of like, well, let's watch it together, and we'll discuss it on a podcast episode. So that is what we are doing here today right now. So basically, um, if you all who are listening, if you really want to get a sense of what we're going to be talking about today, I recommend... Logging into Netflix and watching Alt-Right, Age of Rage for yourself. Otherwise, you might feel a little bit lost with what we're going to talk about. We're probably going to use the actual documentary as a springboard for launching into the subject. So we're probably not going to make it so cryptic for you. So that if you have not seen the documentary and if you're not watching the documentary, you won't be completely lost. So, yeah. So we're going to basically consider the documentary as a springboard for our discussion today. So, all that being said, let's get into it. I'm going to hit play. And uh, here we go.
1: I do with a feeling of... A few
0: moments later.
2: Dang, I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, I think that was when I was first texting you. Um...
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna hit pause. So we I might imagine. I might have been getting a snack while that was happening. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that at all. Holy crap, dude. And like honestly, I didn't notice that it was Madison Square Garden, too. I thought it was just like in a big assembly hall. No, yeah, I
0: this is crazy me, town, dude. Me too. I didn't realize it was Madison Square Garden before. I this was honestly, this was the most astonishing aspect of the whole documentary. It was this opening scene, just because I wasn't aware that this kind of event would be happening in America because Nazi Germany was supposed to be the enemy. Right. So, and and my question is, when was this,
2: was this taken? You know, I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, obviously it's gotta be like, you know, thirties or forties. Right. It, it's pretty old, maybe fifties, maybe, but even still like, you know, the fact that it's in Madison square garden, it, they all come in. It, it looks like a Nazi film. To start yeah. off, and there's a guy that says, My fellow Americans with a German accent, you may know me, or uh, you most of you who will know who I am or because the Jewish press has said that I am Clovenhoof and I have a tail and essentially calling him the devil, right? Right. So crazy town, dude. And I don't know how many people could fit Madison Square Garden back then, but
0: that's a lot of people yeah not just the scale of the stadium, but just the fact that that is a major venue mm-hmm. you know in order to book that, there needs to be a certain level of permission for this event to take place you know it's like the owners the organizers the the people who control Madison Square Garden and the scheduling like they're complicit in this you know this is right like imagine imagine today if <clears throat> the Nazis or the KKK wanted to throw an event at Madison Square Garden. Right. There would be so much public outcry. The event would never be allowed to take place, you know, but back then, whenever this was this clip, um, it was allowed to take place. So I'm thinking if we're in the middle of world war II, you know, with all the propaganda and everything, the American people were probably pretty hateful of the Nazis. You know, we're basically at war with them. Why would there be sympathy with the enemy? You know? Right. So, this raises a lot of questions. I mean, it raises a lot of questions of like, um, I don't see this as like a little fringe group of Nazi sympathizers during World War II because. I don't think you'd be able to book Madison square garden if that was the case. Mm-hmm. You know? So if anything, I'm thinking this, maybe this was even before world war two started. Maybe this is like in the thirties, you know, somewhere between world war one and world war two, but it's bizarre on, on so many levels. And the other thing, when he's talking about like the Jew, the Jew controlled media and how they've been lying about me, I can almost see Mm -hmm. why they put this in the documentary, you know, because you know what I mean? Like it's almost like they're taking a jab at Trump where, you know, he's always calling the media fake news Mm -hmm. and he wants people to get to hear him and know the real voice. And yet here we have a Nazi guy who's coming out and saying, oh, you don't know about me. You've been misled by the, he's calling it the Jew press or whatever, but right. And um, I, I
2: just I just googled it. It was uh, February twentieth of nineteen
0: thirty nine. Okay, yeah. So, do you have the date? What's the date when we got involved in the war? Was that right before we got involved?
2: Um, that's a good question. You and I both should know that off the back of our hands. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, uh, when,
0: and, when did USA join World War Two? Okay, I'm googling it right now. Okay. Oh, nineteen forty one, December forty. That was a uh, Pearl Harbor.
2: Yeah. So it's, man, this is before.
0: Yeah. So that was right then what I was saying earlier. This is before we joined the war.
2: This is so crazy, man. Like in the background, there's a picture of George Washington. Like you see those <laughs> you, you see those legs right there. That's George Washington. It's,
0: is it really? I didn't see that uh-huh. earlier.
2: Yeah. Let me send you this link. It's on history.com.
0: All right. Yeah. So I'm glad we talked about the opening scene because to me, it was almost the most shocking thing of the whole documentary. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing, this is part of the debate that I get into. Like we don't talk about it explicitly, but with my friends on Facebook who think that all white people are racist and this country is so deeply, heavily racist and, You know, I've I've had the same friends. My friend Christian, who I'm going to interview tomorrow for the podcast, he has said things like, or maybe it wasn't him, but it was somebody else in in a similar vein, where it's like, the the police that we have today is an offshoot Mm -hmm. of the KKK. And when I keep hearing these things, and then I see something like this, it does make me wonder how bad is the systemic racism in America. You know because i'm generally under the impression that systemic racism is way overblown you know uh right I, I mean i i experience. think, I think d-
2: deep deep down in the in the background and the belly of i won't say the belly of the beast but like the belly of uh america and like the midwest and like the south there is there is systemic racism right and it's it's not you know it's not like something that's overt. It's just something that has just been there because it's, it's been perpetuated and passed down generation to generation. You know, um, you're, you're more apt to run into a racist person in the South, for instance, you know what I'm saying, than you are up in, up in the North. Not to say that you can't run into somebody that's racist, racist like
0: overtly racist in the North, but it's less likely to happen because it's less socially acceptable. And the fact you're that basically saying out in the boonies, out in the sticks in Middle America and in the South, people are more overtly racist, right? That's right, you're... because because there are less people of color in those areas. Um I you know,
2: just generally. I mean, obviously Mississippi's is kind of its own little weirdness because it, it it's it's very black, it's very white, but they're right it it's kind of like everyone's self segregated. There's not very very much mixing going on. And so right. You know, we like you and I. We we've talked, and we had a friend that just told us recently, like where she grew up. Yeah, there were there were no black people, and you know, when we met her in Germany, it was like her first exposure to uh, other races and other cultures and and other things. And so, you know, it was I bet in in where she came from, it's more more off that you know saying saying the N word is is more prominent. You know, and it's like more acceptable to be able to say that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it exists and, and those are the types of things that, you know,
0: we don't see very yeah.
2: often because of where we live.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, it, I'm definitely curious, right? Like, I really, I don't have all the data, but there there's a lot of this where you can't really get the data for it. You know, how do you measure numerically? How racist people are. You you can't, you know, like you you can't do it via surveys. You can't do it via polls. You know, you can't just put a survey around and send it around like, how many times do you use the N word per year? You know, it's like even the people who answer, you know, even the people who do use the N word, they're not going to come out necessarily and say they do, you know. So I can only go by my personal experience, you know. And the other thing I can go by is all the shit that people post on Facebook. Right. And I have this one friend who I've never met in person. I don't know if I told you, she's this girl from the ex Christians group and she's black Uh and her entire Facebook feed, I would say 90% of it is white people saying the N word, white people being racist toward black people, um, memes that state as much news clips, headlines, um, it's it, If you were to just look at her feed, you would think, wow, black people are enslaved today. You mm-hmm. know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's generally the vibe you get just from one black woman's Facebook profile, right? So right. she's obviously tailoring her profile to put forth a certain narrative. Now, all of those things she's posting, well, I don't want to say all, but let's just say that the majority of those things she's posting have happened you know especially when it's video of a, a black person getting beat up or called uh, n word by you know but my my thing is like if you're on the lookout for that and that is all you know how it is like when you're shopping for a car all you see are like cars for sale you know are it's the cars whole, the cars a, or the model that you're interested in you see yeah. yeah 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 there's a term for that i'll have to think of it i'll have to think of it later broadcasting um, I don't know what, what it would be. For, no, there's or, some term or, for Or forecasting. It. I don't know. Yeah. There's some term for it where whatever it is you're looking for, that's what you're going to find. So. Right. I mean, if yeah. you're, if you're fishing for catfish, you know. Right. You know, you're going to throw your, your pole up by
2: the, up by the, the shoreline. Yeah. That's your catfish. Yeah. I got so, it. So,
0: yeah. But the, the thing is, is like all of these things are coexisting at the same time,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: there's the world that I see, and then there's the world that she sees, and there's the world that... And in this sense, I feel like... I think anybody who says racism doesn't exist is, is a fool to say that. But honestly, I don't think a lot of people are coming out and saying that. So most, even right-wing, I don't want to say right-wing, but like conservative, Republican types, even they are coming out and saying... Like, yeah, racism exists. Of course it exists. You know, and right. Probably it will always will exist in some form. So let's just assume for the most part that everybody's on the same page that racist, racism exists. Right. Then the question for me becomes well, how bad is it? How prevalent is it? Mm-hmm. And that is where it's nebulous, right? So mm-hmm. for somebody like my friend who I was mentioning about, the black woman, she sees it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And From her perspective, you can't blink without seeing it. You can't, you know. But from my perspective, I look out my window here. There's black families who live across the way. And I I look at them walking out their door and their little kids. And, you know, I see them. There's not much privacy here, but I see them walk around in their apartment. And they're all jovial and happy and relaxed. And they're walking outside and they're just living life. They don't look like they're shrieking in terror. And I don't see them... You wouldn't let your kid play around outside if you thought the cops are going to come and shoot them dead any second now.
2: You wouldn't, right? Right, but the but the the thought process here is how far will society let it go to the point that they would be fearful walking outside of their house to the extent where they would they would be terrified to leave the house, um, you know? And I, I I think I heard on on your last podcast, your Fourth of July one, where you were like, yeah, you know, I kind of some some similar on the same lines like a uh, you know, I, I know some black people, and not any of them would out- outwardly project terror or fear of leaving their house, of getting gunned down by police officers. And you know, I, I've been I've been kind of thinking about it, and like, you know, the the idea of you know, just imagine being being a kid in school, right, and you're black, and at some point they tell you your people were slaves. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine the 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 mental damage that does to you or your psyche to say, Hey, you know, people that look like me were slaves. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I, I just feel like there's, there's gotta be a, there, like a, 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 a small post-traumatic, you know, thing that goes on there. Maybe it's, it could be huge for them. I, I, I don't know, obviously, because I'm not black, but at the same time, you know, I, I, it blew my mind too. But at the same time, I can look at my skin. I'm like, oh, I'm not black. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a little bit of, you know, I guess that's an inkling of white guilt privilege and that sort of thing in that. But in all actuality, just think about how, how that would mess you up as a kid, learning that your people were slaves.
0: I hear that. I hear that. Um, But I'll also say, I'll, I'll flip it on its head and say, well, that's not so much something that white kids or white people now or or you as a half korean half white or me as a brown guy that's not a a minus on us it's it's more like it's not how do i phrase this it's not an a point of oppression that we're lording that over black people it's more a thing that would affect the black psyche you know what I mean? It's almost like, well, we don't have that trauma, right? Right. But they do, in theory. I, I, I'd i be curious if you interviewed like every Black person I know, how many of them feel traumatized by this. That is definitely a discussion worthy of having, and I would love to hear more voices talking about that from people I know who are Black and well-educated and successful, and I would love to hear those answers. But let's say that there is that trauma there for whatever percentage of the Black population. Mm-hmm. Then the, the in terms of the problem and the solution, I'm thinking it's a matter of helping them deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know. But what I see now in the Black Lives Matter movement is it's a lot of finger pointing, a lot of demonization of white people. Right. And it's it's not I feel like it's not really lifting up black people to deal with that inherited trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Because if that trauma is a thing, and I think I think there's definitely something to that that we're talking about, post-traumatic slave syndrome or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. I heard a one of the videos Obi sent me, the woman who was an expert was talking about it. And um that should be the solution, right? Or at least part of the solution is right. helping people helping black people deal with that trauma. Now I'm not a therapist, I'm not an expert in that field, so I don't know what that therapy protocol would look like but doesn't that seem like a good place to like rather than demonizing white people who exist now who don't know anything about slavery they never owned slaves they would be opposed to it and all that why not lift up and help black people heal from that inherited trauma right a hundred percent agree with that
2: but then i I also think that okay so if let's say you and i went to school that were they're very multicultural and so we had black kids in our classes we had white kids in our classes. we had asians we had you know well for you wasn't too many indians right probably none but, i was
0: like the only indian kid always all the time right
2: so but out out in the in these other areas that we were talking about earlier they get the news that there there was a whole race of people that were slaves and they look around the classroom and nobody's nobody looks like these people that were enslaved so now they what do you do with that? You know what I'm saying? Like you sit Wait. there like what do you in an all, all white classroom and you're told of another race that would, had been enslaved, but nobody in that classroom looks like you or looks like the people that were enslaved. What does that do? You, you kind of get detached from that. You see what I'm saying? So, so it creates. Oh, are you talking whole... about like, if you,
0: if you tried to give the proper historical training to an all-white classroom right like
2: in the let's say in the south there's there's a school all white kids mm-hmm. and they learn they learn about black slavery and you know they don't have somebody in the classroom that they can they would even think like, oh I wonder how how uh, Jamal feels about that right they wouldn't have that you know what I'm saying <clears throat> so so they don't have that empathy they're detached from it. Yeah. completely because it doesn't affect them and so you know is it a superiority thing i don't know is it, it you know what sort of things come with that there's there's a lot of things with the psyche i mean because you you learn about slavery i don't care who you are you think it's messed up you know what i mean like i can't think of well anyone what, i mean
0: did i did i send you the link uh obi sent it to me it's the this psychiatrist? She was, no, no, no. She's not a psychiatrist. She's a teacher. Uh-huh. Back in the '60s, she did this uh, protocol. Oh, I know who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that see, lady. Yeah, the <laughs> kids, the kids with the blue eyes, and the kids with the brown eyes. Right, right, right. So the amazing thing to me with that experiment
1: mm-hmm. is
0: you can literally swing children in any direction you want. Right. Like little children are a blank slate. And however you train them, however you program them, that those values will become their values. Uh And that's kind of a really scary thing. And it it goes to the importance of education of children, because I I find it interesting that people always use education as like it's a catch all word for like Mm. it's it's good. Right. Education is great it eh, depends it's kind of a it's kind of a silly statement when you think about it cuz it's like wait 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 the more important issue is well what is the curriculum of the education
2: right let's you know? that's, that's that just leans on you know ignorance breeds breeds ignorance so if you're teaching an ignorant thought to somebody or to a child and they grow up with
0: you well, know education's good it's always good right, right. but so. what we're talking about now i don't think anybody even thinks about it this way they just think oh look, we need more education every politician you'll hear every parent, every teacher, like they all talk about education, education. Mm -hmm. And in general, yeah. Okay. Education is good. But when we're teaching kids the wrong thing or the wrong way, more education would actually be more of a bad thing, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like there's safe subjects like math and just learning to speak English properly and science and chemistry and all that kind of stuff. Um, are you trying but, to get rid of social studies? <clears throat> well, here, here's the thing. Like, social studies, it's really important. But think about it. The things that you and I learned as kids, mm-hmm. and now as adults, we're learning, oh, uh, George Washington was a slaveholder. Mm-hmm. Oh, Christopher Columbus was an asshole. <laughs> you know, like, all of these things, like, we didn't learn that as kids. Uh, Churchill, Winston Churchill was a racist asshole. You know, I didn't know that? that until recently. So yeah, we just heard about the good things they did, right? Yeah, right. And, and what did they say?
2: They say, uh, the people who get to, to write history are the winners.
0: Yeah, right. So, I mean, again, that's why all of these problems that we have there, they require very nuanced solutions. And the problem is, is, I don't really hear people talking in a nuanced way about solving these problems. So we're, we're touching right here on the post-traumatic slave disorder, right? We're ta- right. touching on how to identify that problem and how to best solve it. We're also talking about segregation and the South. Right. But like if,
2: if you're yeah. a child and, and you are not black and you are told about slavery, I, I almost feel like they should separate at that point, this lesson, the black kids and the white kids and just say, Hey, you know, to black kids, this is what happened and lift. You know, have counselors there and like help them sort through it emotionally. And then on the on the white and, and non-black side, just be like, look, they have just been dropped a bomb in their history. And you guys need to be empathetic about it. And you guys need to be supportive of them. And, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure about the whole apologetic because you guys didn't do it. You guys didn't do it. But you have to understand what kind of shock it does to them. And you right. have to be able to... To say, you know what, man, I just heard what terrible things happened to p- people in your past, and I, I'm i sorry that that happened. You know, you can't say I'm sorry that I'm white, but I, I'm i sorry that that happened to you. But I want you to know that that doesn't matter to me. I still love you. You're still my friend. That kind of thing would, yeah. change, would change a lot of perspective. You know what I mean? But and going forward. Young age, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's 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 hey, let's let's acknowledge it. And let's move forward together. Is I think the biggest thing. And, and like right now, you look at society, and everyone's driving each other apart. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and how can you ever move to move forward together if we're all fighting each other? It doesn't make yep. any sense. It's, it's, yeah,
0: it's yeah, man. Crazy. I I agree. I agree. That's actually really. Does <laughs> it, it, it ever kind of blow your mind? Like. You, you're you not, you have no training or background in education or or any other like policy or psychology. I'm, hu- I'm human. I'm yeah, human, right. And, and and neither do I, right? But we're just two thoughtful people, you know, thinking about things, focusing on a topic, identifying problems. And we're just throwing ideas out there as potential solutions, right? But I almost feel like we're the anomaly, You know, Mm -hmm. like why, why aren't the experts, right? The people who have devoted their entire careers to children and education and dealing with race, like all, why have they not solved the problem by now? I I just feel
2: like, like, I love, I love your idea.
0: I love your idea. What you just said. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's perfect at all. I mean, at least try that out as an experiment. You know, it's what, what is being done? Right. And I feel like I don't know what's being done. I mean, you and I both know, like, as children, like, we never received any kind of, I mean, granted, you're not black, I'm not black, but it doesn't, I don't know. I I just try to, I try to
2: empathize, you know, because I, when I was a kid, I never thought about it.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: 100% honest. I didn't think about it. Like, I just thought, oh, that's terrible. That's, that's horrible. But I didn't think about the black kids that were in my in my class yeah, sitting next to me how they were taking the news like yeah. yeah i just i it just never occurred to me to think that way and that's you know i i feel bad that i didn't think about it but i was i was a kid you know, I'm, you know well no but I'm,
0: i'm sitting here thinking about it like is it good or bad that we felt that way because on the one hand it's not like the black kids in my class were breaking down crying and you know what i mean it was I felt like we were all just students in the classroom hearing a lesson, and that was it. You know, we all went to the playground. You know, black kids, white kids, whatever, and me. So, I don't know. It's really weird, man. I, I I don't. Again, I I can't. I can't remember. Remember, I'm having to remember. Like, what is it? Like twenty? God, I'm so old. (sighs) Jesus. I'm I'm having to remember thirty. Thirty-five years ago, Jesus, people believe I'm saying that out loud? Thirty-five years ago, I was eight years old. You know, I'm trying to sit here and remember what that was like. I'm like, I it's so. I don't. Foggy. I don't even I,
2: know when I learned about it.
0: I don't. Yeah, know I'm just eight out of the number. I don't know if I when I first heard it, it was probably around that age, somewhere between seven mm-hmm. and ten. Right, but I don't really remember it having a big impact on my mind, on my life, on my outlook. And I don't think it really had that effect on anybody else in the classroom either, you know, white or black. Well, I, I would beg to differ.
2: I think it would have had some effect on a black child, but they might not have said anything. And they might, you know, when they got home with and had the conversation with their parents, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know, you know, right. I it's just, and, and even, even still, you know, when, when that lesson is going to be taught in school, the teachers should alert the parents. We're going over this lesson. You need to have a, com- a conversation with your kid about it when they get home today, and ask them what they learned about in school today, and what they feel about it, and how they think the other other people in the class feel about it, and how they're going to be constructive in that person's life, or or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, th- it there has to it has to be addressed in in an intelligent way, where let the emotions flow, and then give them solutions to move forward.
0: Yeah. It's funny as we're talking about this now, because I, there was absolutely zero of that when you and I were growing up. Yep. Literally zero. I I, I don't even remember, you know, it, it was just like any other chapter you read about, you know, right. just like, you know, oh, okay. All right. Well, whatever. And you just had yeah. to remember these dates and, you know, remember the, this attack, you know, and the battle of, you know, this, there was some rebellion. I can't even remember, you know, some Harper's Ferry, right? Harper's Ferry rebellion. Mm -hmm. But it's so weird. Like my view of history, like this is the thing. And again, it goes back to me and my relationship with education. Mm -hmm. My sister and I, you know, my sister's a total academic nerd. And she always says that, I'm smarter than her, and I always say she's smarter than me, right? But it's just our intelligence plays out in different ways. For her, she was a total bookworm, and she really wanted to learn. You know, right. she was like she was like Lisa Simpson. She really, she's the person who's doing extra credit and asking for more homework and wanting to read more books. And I'm like, fuck you're that, Bart. man! You're, you're Bart. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a troublemaker like Bart, but I was like, I still got straight A's. But I was like. I want to go out and play. I want to go play video games. I want to go play soccer, you know? Right, so, right. But I could skate by and get A's, but she would work hard and get A's, but she applied herself. Like she had this hunger. She wanted to learn and know things in a way that I didn't really care. Right. So specifically about history. Did she graduate Magna Summa,
2: Summa she, Cum Laude or whatever?
0: I think she was solidatorian from high school. She got mm. shafted just like how I got shafted. Freaking we know who, but um, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna mention not gonna name names. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but um that'll take us down a whole nother (laughs) (laughs) right. So but my point, my point was like history for me, it never really leapt out of the pages in the book. Like I always found history to be really boring, really pointless. Mm. There were no life lessons in it. This is how my what I thought of education like history. I would say up until ninth grade, I had this one teacher in Yorktown, uh, Mr. Monahan, and he was one of the best teachers I I could remember from that Uh point in my life. Where he he brought it to life a Uh little bit more, you know, like it wasn't just words on a page or pictures in this old dusty book. It was like. He made it interesting, you know, like that's when I learned about like yellow journalism and all the corruption in the government, like during the 1920s and you know all these kind of things, like it, he brought it to life somehow. I mean, for me, that's like, okay, well, he was a good teacher, right? In ways that right. other teachers weren't as good, you know, but outside of him, I never really got that excited about history. And I would actually say the same thing about science. Like, I don't think I really had very good science teachers either. Interestingly enough, I feel like I always had good math teachers, which uh-huh. is probably why I ended up being really good at math. I mean, part of the equation, but. Right. Um, uh, literally. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, but the, da- the dad in me loved that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the history thing, man. History is so complex in a way that transcends math and science and English because history is so it's complex man
2: right well i mean the 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 whole thing about history and i always say this is like everything that has happened in the past has led us to now right Mm -hmm. and so we can we can look at the history and we can ignore it or we can look at the history and we can learn from it and and like you like miss wachowski god bless her (laughs) you know what i'm saying she had the she had the saying: "If you don't know history, you are history," and it's yeah. the truth, man. Because you're, yeah. you're doomed to repeat it. We've all heard that. And it's if you if you take the lessons from the past and you don't say, "Oh, you know what? We tried that before. You remember what happened? We can't we can't go down that road again. Let's see if we can find a different solution, and 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 and, and go forward from there." But the the problem is like they, everyone wants to destroy history, or just oh, we need an apology for the past okay, sorry, let's go, let's move forward, you know, and, and yeah. my whole thing is is uh, is I, I heard something the other day where it was like it's very hard for us as humans to live in the now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we always get sucked into the past yep. or we always want to dream about the future or we aren't, aren't li- we aren't living now. And yeah. so, what are we doing now that's going to help shape the future? And yeah pull from the past but but make it a lesson don't don't use it as an anchor, you know what I mean,
0: so yeah but this is the problem that I feel like with leftist marxist philosophy is mm-hmm. it's all about the whole construct of society is the oppressed and the oppressor mm-hmm. and if that's the paradigm, like it's kind of like. Uh, the tipping, like the way, what do you call it? The uh, weighing, like a, I guess you could say it's like a seesaw, right? Seesaw's a good example. So you've got a seesaw. One person's going to be up. One person's going to be down. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the seesaw doesn't stay even, mm-hmm. you know, but that's kind of leftist Marxism, you know? Okay. Because if you think about it, the way, if the Marxists had their way right now, there's a demonization of white people. And there's an mm-hmm. elevation of black people right mm-hmm. so everybody is getting on board with this narrative right and by everybody i mean asians hispanics latinos like i did i tell you i i joined this black lives matter uh design group i i joined oh yeah, yep 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 yeah you told me so i was just a fly on the wall for that and i was like wow wow it was kind of what i expected but i wanted to see for myself but basically it was white Asian people. Everybody was just essentially getting down on their knees and submitting to the authority of the black leaders of the group kind of thing and the black agenda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were hundreds of people in the, in the zoom call and on their email list, there were thousands of people. So I was like, wow, I am just a tiny little fly on the wall here. But what I saw was we have to, it was very clear, like the black people are the victims and we need to, elevate black people to the top and we need to like get them up there. And, and I'm like, look, I'm all for helping black people. But right. at, at what point do we help them out so much with aid and literally people giving money? Cause they did ask multiple times for money. Uh, they asked for uh, contributions of our design services, you know, pro bono to help mm-hmm. the Black the cause. Um, and of course there was talk of reparations you know who's paying that is it just the rich people is it the white people is it all the rest of us as americans who you know but the point is we have to start elevating black people up you know and there's been a lot of language even in the uh, killer mike you know and the whole like support black businesses and you know all that kind of rhetoric and right. look i'm all for helping out black people that's great but at what point are we just giving so much and and putting lifting them so so much so that oh okay wait 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 now brown people are starting to go down now Asian people are starting to go down now Latinos are starting to go down. Do we need right. to be like all right forget about black people now we got to help all the Mexicans now who've fallen through the cracks right
2: I I saw a great infographic man and it, and it had you know it I want to say I don't it might have said Black Power but it, it said something to that degree right and it had it's not this. And it essentially had all color fists. Right. And then the black power fist was higher. And it says, it's not this when, when we're all saying black power, or black lives matter, it's this. And then it shows all of the fists being equal. And I was like, that's a great graphic, but that's not what's being taught right now. Right. It's being, what's being taught right now. Like I, I, I saw an article of, um, uh, on the 4th of July. Um, I want to say it was in Georgia somewhere. Uh, you know, some militant black guys came to um, some park. I can't remember the name of the park. Like, I want to say it was some Stone Mountain Park or something like that. Um, and they they were they were saying black power, black power. And essentially, we're not going to to protest with signs anymore. We have our guns. And they're essentially saying that it's it's gonna get real dirty here soon. And I was like, that's not the way. That's yeah. not. And. You know, and then you, you'll hear a, a bunch of other people say, well, yeah, violence does change things or make, makes people take you seriously. I'm like, I've always learned violence begets violence. And, you know, or an eye for an eye until we're all blind. You know, th- that whole thing. Well, and, yeah. yeah, And but, so I, but, I look at it, and it, it, it terrifies me that it would get to the point that people would start killing each other over this when that is obviously not the answer.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I thought I had back when the riots first started was, you know, I tweeted out, I said, violence is, violence is always an answer, but never the answer. Right. You know? Yeah. So to me, that spoke to everything happening now is like, sure. Violence is necessary. And yeah, you know, it's, uh, Sometimes it's going to come down to that, you know, whether it's self-defense or whether it's something else, but like, it's never going to be the ultimate answer to what ails society or Uh ails individuals. And I feel like the solution ultimately is going to have to come down to conversations. It's going to have to come down to empathy and understanding each other, you know, getting along with people who are different than you, not just racially, ethnically, but also spiritually and culturally. And um, you know, philosophically, you know, there's just you know, whether it's science, I mean, look at science is a great example, right? People mm-hmm. act like science is just like black and white, definitive, and it's not. Because I've seen enough scientists and doctors interviewed where they talk about the inefficacy of masks and how COVID is not as lethal as is the media is portraying it to be and all that. And you could go listen to other doctors and other scientists say something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. So, you you say, well, what does science say about it? Well, science says this side of the coin, and then it also says the other side of the coin. It's like, well, which side of the coin do you are you going to believe in? Well, that's up to you as an individual, you know. Essentially, I'm under the belief that
2: um, if I'm wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask, the uh, chances of infecting each other is very low, right. compared to if you know I'm not wearing a mask and you are. You know, obviously, it just it just changes everything when it comes to
0: well by that logic if you're wearing a mask and i'm wearing a mask we should both be able to go to the gym
2: yeah i kind of agree with that
0: <laughs> tommy lauren for the win <laughs> <laughs> um okay Why don't now, what we,
2: what, uh, what was the name of the guy that was a professor at cal state what what guy he was a professor at Cal State. You sent me a video on this guy.
0: It was the history of his life. Oh, the black guy, Walt something, Willie. It was a W in his name, Walter Williams. Walter Williams or, something, Walter like Williams or, something, or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked something that he said, and it
2: was it was about property, right? And, you know, how everything is fine until essentially, just to paraphrase it, is the problem with the whole racial issue and the whole, um, you know, even when it comes to sex or rape or anything like that is you're stealing someone's property. And if, if you, if you keep your, if you keep your hands to yourself and you keep your stuff and and you mind your own business and you don't try to take other people's property from them, we're all going to get along, (laughs) you know? Right. So I I would love to actually have that, but I, I don't have it in my off the top of my head right now. Yeah,
0: I know. I remember him saying that, yeah. And that was a very interesting way of looking at morality, basically. Right. You know, His, yep. his approach to morality boiled down to property rights. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's uh, that's a good way of looking at it, I thought. Dude, we're, we're not even five minutes into this film. I know, I know. All right. I'm going to hit play, right? All right, all right, all right. Let's
2: yeah,
0: get You still can see it?
1: A few moments later.
0: We learn from history that we do not learn from history. Wow, that's a good quote. That that shatters Wachowski right there. Right? <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to say that, because I, I was just thinking the same thing.
2: <laughs> wow, we learn from history that we do not learn from history. Well, you
0: it's know, true she, though, man. She's the canary in the coal mine, dude. You know, I just recently learned about the history of Portland because of the elk statue being torn down. Yeah. And I didn't realize like all that shit about Portland, like they were one of the few states where they did not want to allow any black people into the state. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. um, That Facebook post when I did that, my friend Nat posted a link to an article and it said. Here you thought you were sort of making a joke about, you know, animals, right? Yeah, right. It's like nothing fails to surprise me anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. The elk is a symbol of white supremacy. Okay, I did not did not know that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> tell me what now is uh, racist? Like every day it is like... The lion's club. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, actually, in yep. uh, New Mexico, the lion was used to kill, you know, right. black people. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah. This is the Washington Post article. When Portland banned Blacks, Oregon's shameful history as an all-white state. Hmm. In
1: 1844,
0: all Black people were ordered to get out of Oregon country, the expansive territory under American rule that stretched from the Pacific to the Rocky Mountains. was kind of like
2: what's going on in England with the Muslims. They want the Muslim like there's whole areas that want the Muslims out.
0: Is that a new thing recently?
2: I wouldn't say it's new, but there's there's like areas in England that are kind of like just like Muslim towns.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. There's certain uh, I remember hearing that it was some soccer town. I remember if I forget it was like Brighton or somewhere else, but it was like apparently like highly Muslim and. Right. And and it's very racist. There all kinds of
2: stuff. It's insane, dude. Like, and, you know, I, I, I get back to thinking like a couple, was it a couple world cups ago where they were like in racism, that whole, that whole little thing. And, you know, of course, a lot of white people are like, what do you mean racism? There ain't racism going on. Like racism has been around forever. And I, I, I like, I, I put a. The end um, racism oh,
0: stuff oh. has been around for a while with FIFA, like as right. a thing. And I never had a problem with that. I'm all, I'm actually yeah. way cooler with that message of end racism. I like that a lot better than Black Lives Matter. If we're just being completely honest here, because I don't like the Black Lives Matter hashtag or the organization or whatever for a lot of reasons. But I don't like the organization, but
2: I I like the idea that, yes, we the reason why we're having this this public discourse about, you know, police brutality and justice is because they're under attack.
0: But that is debatable.
2: To a certain extent, sure. Dude,
0: but I I just saw probably the most disturbing video. It might even be more disturbing than the George Floyd video.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of I just saw it yesterday. Uh, I don't even remember his name, and nobody would know his name. It was a white guy. It was in a hallway. And oh yeah. No, I've seen it. He was in Las you know,
2: Vegas. Where- and he, he said, don't kill me, don't kill me. Yeah, right. And the police officer shot him down. Opened fire, shot him dead. Yeah, He's a Hispanic guy. I can't remember his name either. But at the, right. at the same time, like, and and I guess we're supposed to know their names. But, um, but no, his sister, like, w- when all this, all the George, George Floyd stuff went down, she goes, you know, it's a problem with the police and how the police are. And I love the police. I'm not, you know, I'm not in any way against the police i just think there has to be some sort of reform and i think like yeah. we're just recently um donald trump signed into, into i don't know if it's a sign into law but he, he signed something right
0: and um well can't like do chokeholds now i think that was like the only yeah. change which really doesn't change that much
2: right i think i sent you that uh through tiktok or something like that
0: um and that's when you're like okay no more memes for the night man <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah because, I mean, it's it's just a never-ending,
2: never-ending, you know.
0: Yeah, okay. So you and I are agreed on police brutality is a thing. It exists. Racism mm-hmm. is also a thing. It exists. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily one of the same problems. And they're, but they're, interlo- they're interlocked somehow. But here's the and thing, man. I feel like this is a narrative that has been spun together with very weak evidence. Now, I'm going to get – I'm going to come prepared – when I do my episode with Obi and I'm going to have all my stats ready and everything, and I'm going to, we're going to debate it like right now mm-hmm. for this call. I'm not all completely prepared. Right. But the point is whatever the number was nine or 19, whatever it was um, in 2019, whatever the number was 10 or 11 unarmed black people were killed by cops or shot by cops and more white people unarmed were shot by cops than black people and then you have to go to what percentage but, well, of the me, population yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah but let me yeah. let me let me give you this so did you ever get around to watching the atlanta footage of um what's his name the guy who was fell asleep at the uh, passed out in the drive-thru yes did you watch the whole 45 minutes i watched that and then i watched the the other angle Oh, I think I was on uh Steven Crowder. I think I might've sent you that clip. Yep. Yeah. Right. So I watched that whole thing and I thought about it and I did that podcast episode where I talked about like, okay, if I were that guy, mm-hmm. how I would have acted differently and I would have been alive. I would have been fine. I would have been arrested, but that would have been my fault because I was the one who was drunk driving in the first place. Right. Right. And I also put myself in the shoes of the cop. And they did everything they could before it was time to actually pull out his weapon and shoot it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a situation where I could put myself in and make decisions. Now, on the other hand, when I saw the other guy get the white guy or you're saying Hispanic, whatever he was, it wasn't black, but whoever he was, it looked like a white guy, gunned down in the hallway by the cops. Right. I put myself in that scenario. Last night, I was like thinking about it. Probably why I didn't sleep too well last night. You would have died. Yeah. I was like, the cop is telling me, put my arms up. I put my arms up. And then he's Mm -hmm. telling me, crawl toward him. And I'm like, how can I keep my arms up while I'm crawling toward? And you see the guy, he's trying. He he gets on the ground, he's crawling, but his arms have to come down because he's crawling. And then the cop just opens fires and shoots and kills him. Right. Right. So in that scenario... There's nothing I could have done to save my life. You know, when it's the, God, it's killing me. I can't remember the Atlanta, I have to, what's his name? Rashard? Yeah, Rashard. Rashard Brooks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I put myself in the shoes of Rashard Brooks. There were a number of things I could have done to save my life. Mm -hmm. Starting with, all right, I know I did, I, I know I drove drunk and I know that's a crime. All right. So go ahead and arrest me. It's, yeah, yeah, you're gonna take me in. That's the first most logical step is not to wrestle with the guy to not have him handcuff me and then start punching them and then steal their taser and then run away and then turn around and try to shoot the taser at the cop. That's like multiple things that he did wrong to put him in the situation where he ultimately got shot and killed.
2: Well, I also think that because he had a previous record, he was scared to go to jail for a long period of time, all this other
0: stuff. Like, sure. For you, it would have been your first offense, you know? Right. But then so he's thinking, but the whole thing, and then you got to go into, well, what were his pri- prior offenses? And then there was, I did hear child that, abuse or something abuse like that. or kids, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, well, if I have a kid, a daughter, I'm not going to abuse my daughter. Right. So you have to put all of these things in context as to what led up to the ultimate demise, right? Now, uh, obviously this guy in the hallway, I don't know the full story. I don't know how it escalated to that point. I only saw the end of it, you know, but this is one of my points is I didn't even know anything about this guy or this thing happening until yesterday, right? He was white or Hispanic. Now, Mm -hmm. if that guy was black, I guarantee you we would all know his name. We would all know about it. So this is going back to my point that I was trying to make here, which is. Well, I remember when it happened and it was a big thing, like on social media. So. uh, That was the first time I had seen that. So obviously it wasn't as big a deal as all these other names that we know.
2: But if it was a habit, right? So if it was a habitual thing for Hispanics to get gunned down like that, then it would be a bigger deal but because it's like one isolated incident
0: of a non, a No, but incident. when you, my point is that when you look at the statistics, white people and Hispanic people are being shot and killed by cops. Mm-hmm. So, and we're in agreement. There is a problem with police brutality, you know, right? That cop who shot that guy dead in the hallway, that was uncalled for. I don't know what the punitive measures were for that guy, but as far as I'm concerned, he's done. Mm-hmm. That cop is done. That happened a few years back too. So, but my point is, is like, does that white guy's life not matter? Does that Hispanic guy's life not matter? And that's why I'm like, okay, all lives matter. Like, and, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, when we're talking about problems and solutions, we need to all come together and come up with solutions to problems that affect us all. You know, for me, if my sister or my family member was shot and killed by the cops, and she's brown Mm -hmm. every time i hear black lives matter that would feel like a knife in my stomach that would feel like an insult to my family member who was shot and killed by the cops Mm -hmm. you know but if i heard all lives matter i would at least feel included like i'm part of you know i lost my loved one they weren't black but they still matter the world to me you know
2: i i heard something very interesting the other day dude when it comes to your audio
0: your audio whole all all lives matter thing
2: okay um and essentially it just goes you know they use the biblical thing about it too so so excuse this part but at the same time there it's it talks about like you know we're talking about black lives black lives matter right now black lives matter right now and that's what we're hearing and that's what we're talking about let's let me ask you this question do black lives matter your answer obviously is yes right Mm -hmm. and then and for you to say all lives matter, you're not listening. We're not talking about the same thing. And then it says it's it's just like, you know, we're watching Jesus on the on the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, Blessed are, are the poor. And and you say, But no, no, Jesus, blessed is everybody. That's the point. You know, we're he's not he's not excluding everybody from from his speech, but he's talking specifically about this group of people.
0: Now, it's not a good example, though, because I just countered that by saying, look, my family member who's not black got killed by the cops. Their life mattered just as much as a black person's life, just as much as a white person's life. All lives matter. Everyone who's been shot and killed by a cop, all of their lives matter. So the problem is we're getting hung up on freaking semantics and hashtags and all of this melodrama. Where mm-hmm. if you use a hashtag like White Lives Matter, your career is destroyed. You're, mm-hmm. you're befriended. You're called a racist. You're called a Nazi. You're, you lose your livelihood. Like That is so utterly absurd is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas I, I want to be like, can we just throw the fucking hashtags out the window and talk about the problems that we actually face? And then let's Uh actually come up with solutions to those problems. Okay.
1: Uh Now that's
0: me. I'm a very practical person. That's how I go about things. You know, that's almost why I've kind of made jokes on my uh, anonymous Twitter account. Like, like, Oh, hashtags. Yeah. Cures racism. Right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but that's my thing. It's like, I understand the sensitivity about not saying all lives matter or whatever, but I, I just thought of that example off the top of my head. Uh Mm-hmm that to me is a perfect counter argument to that. You know, I don't know how, I don't know how else to put it. If my non-black best friend or lover or parent or family member is not black and they got killed by the cops, unjustly their lives matter.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not just black lives. You. The, the black lives matter. The reason why people are obsessing about that hashtag and why I think it's problematic is, it's it's putting forth this notion that only Black people are getting gunned down and killed by cops, mm-hmm. and if you look at it statistically, that is not the case. And not forget about statistically, we have actual video of you know Tony Timpa. You're the one who sent that to me, you know. Right. I had never other, heard...
2: other guys Daniel Shaver, by the way. Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Daniel Shaver. Right. So. Yeah. I wouldn't even have known. I never would have heard of Tony Timpa unless you sent me that clip. And -hmm. he's a guy who got choked to death, basically, like George Floyd.
2: Because a police officer was kneeling on his back.
0: Yeah. Now, I wouldn't even have known about that unless you sent that to me. So clearly there's things that we see in the Mm -hmm. media on Facebook, and there are things we don't see. And it goes Mm -hmm. back to what I was saying earlier about my black female friend, who her entire feed is nothing but black. People suffering. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that's not happening, but there are also other things happening. And this is what I'm I'm getting at is that we live in a pluralistic, multicultural society, you know. And this also taps in to what's going on with COVID, because people are acting like the only lives that matter right now are people that die of COVID. Uh-huh. You know. You see that there is a parallel here. Like, do only COVID deaths matter or do all deaths matter? Right? This is interesting. I just thought of this, and I hadn't really thought about this till now. Because right now the media and everybody is obsessing about COVID deaths matter. Mm -hmm. The same way it's like Black Lives Matter. COVID deaths matter. I'm like, yeah, okay, COVID deaths do matter. But I, I saw the CDC, this data, I would love to pull it out right now. But at the time when I saw it a couple months ago, it was like 800,000 people died of all various causes in the last few months. And it was like 50,000 people died of COVID or at that time, 20,000 people died. Or oh,
2: you're saying when they, where they mixed up the testing or they, they figured out. No, no, no,
0: that's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying it was a, it was a, a chart of data uh-huh. and it broke down the deaths in America uh-huh. and it, and it had some breakdowns as to what reasons, what was the cause of death, right? Mm-hmm. And altogether I forget what month, month it was, it was like March or April or something, but basically, it was staggering, like hundreds of thousands of deaths from mm-hmm. other causes.: Yeah, and like then, pneumonia and, and yeah uh, everything else.. Ca- right. Car crashes, you know, every, suicides, just everything else. Far more people are dying of other reasons other than COVID.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: do those deaths not matter? You see what I'm doing? We are obsessing about such a tiny percentage of deaths. You know, people are so delusional now because we've lost the sense of guess what, people? People die every day. Guess what? The average life expectancy in the US is what? 78? 80? You know what that means? That means every day people die who are 85, who are 82, who are 91, who are 88. Every day people die. Before COVID. I'm not saying okay. anything that's shocking. It's just nobody's even thinking about this. So Right. The- the one key statistic that I really want to dig and find, out of, for my own personal curiosity, I want to look at how many people died. There's probably this data you can get from the CDC. So how many people died in 2019? And I would love to see a breakdown of how they died. But also, even, even if I didn't have that data, if I just had the sheer number of deaths that were reported mm-hmm. in America. I would love to see that number and compare it with how many people have died this year. Right. And I have a hunch. I have a hunch. The the, flu, a
1: hunch. Flu,
2: the the amount that died from the flu last year will be higher than it was this year. Right. You're gonna see. You're gonna see dispar- dis- disparity between all the numbers. You're gonna see it. Because I, what I, what I, no, was they were attributing the theories, everything well, to, to COVID nineteen. Yeah. So like, yeah. oh, you know what? Because we're gonna get money back from the government if if they died of COVID nineteen, we're just gonna mark them. They had COVID. Mm-hmm. That that was a big. I don't know if it was a rumor uh, to start it all out out with, but at the same time, like it was a big thing where you know they were talking about like, oh, well, yeah, you know, even if they they died of pneumonia, we're we've been marking them dead dead from COVID.
0: Right. So. Well, I did see the CDC data that flu deaths were way down this year. Hmm, And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How come Mm -hmm. every year anywhere from 30,000 to 80,000 people die of the flu every year? And how how come all of a sudden this year, flu deaths Mm -hmm. were the lowest we've ever seen? Right. Now, tell me, what sense does that make? Flu just disappeared and went away? Now people only die from COVID? That makes no sense. You see what's happening here. You know, they do mm-hmm. a test. i like, oh, they tested positive for COVID. Okay, all right. Well, they died of COVID, you know. Whereas last year, that would have been called a flu death, you know. So, but the point that I wanted to make at the end, I, I just wanted to finish that last thought. The point I wanted to make was I, I would love to see the numbers, compare how many Americans have died this year and compare it with how many have died last year. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. have a feeling...
2: You know, a It'll you know, be you know pretty. What's gonna happen. It'll
0: be pretty even, or it's quite possible that fewer people have died this year than last year. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if I saw those numbers, but I really that data might not even be available yet, and you can't really compare it because this year hasn't completed. You know, mm-hmm. so, but you could look at the rate at least, right? You could basically say, "Well, okay, uh, one million people have died in America this year."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and we're at July that you would just divide by seven and that's your rate of how many people died per month this year and compare that with the rate that people died last year uh, I'm going to do some digging and I would love to find out those numbers because you know it would be telling but at the same time I could gather all this data and put it together and present it online and you know what? It wouldn't even matter people wouldn't even care you know? you know like i posted on facebook and all my friends would come back and say oh you they'll find some reason to say why i'm off and uh that we're all going to die of covid tomorrow unless we wear a mask and stay home so yeah. it's like the and narrative is I, so drilled into the skulls at this point it's well, like it's, the whole big thing
2: i think about the whole the whole pr- police brutality thing right is if justice was served when these guys obviously Made a mistake. Yeah. They yeah. killed these these unarmed people, and they don't get a slap on the wrist. They don't right. get paid leave. They they get suspended without pay, and then they go to court and they actually get convicted and justice is served. It would be okay, but like yeah. this this guy that you're telling me about this Daniel Shaver guy, this guy was 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 found not guilty of second murder. Yeah, right. Murder. Yeah, and and they hired him back. Look, X. Ex- the fired ex Mesa police officer Philip uh, Brails, Brailsford rehired to help him get public safety pension. I just can't even believe that.
0: That's terrible, that, man.
2: That angers
0: me because that it does. It, That's a huge part of the problem. There's no yeah, justice the, there.
2: The re, the reason that that guy was shot dead was because he was giving the guy conflicting commands. Yeah. And he was giving him like like seconds to do it giving him like you know and putting him pressure under him and essentially yeah. you know the guy was already in the prone position with his arms yeah. behind his back he could have just walked up and cuffed him
0: yeah done yeah but he just i agree i agree with you that is there has to be justice there has to be accountability for the bad cops who abuse their right. power you right and,
2: and did did you hear what was engraved on that that cop's gun no it, the the word the, the is a sentence. You your like you know you are effed. It was it was uh-huh. typed on the gun. Like type his name and type engraved on gun and you'll see what was what was on there, dude. And it's oh, that God. kind of attitude that is the problem. You know what I mean? And, and that's you, terrible, man. Yeah, and you sit there and and it's it's like you know they get some police officers obviously. You can't name all of them because they're. I, mean, I I I am under the belief that a majority of the police officers that are out there, majority, I would say, you know, ninety five percent of police officers out there are good people that are just trying to do their job to protect and serve. Yeah. But then you get some that get that badge on there, and they think they're better than anybody else. Yeah. And, or these are the guys that were bullied in, in high school or bullied, in, yeah. uh, you know, when they were younger and now they have something to prove. And, yeah.
0: Chip on their shoulder. You know,
2: I, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm more powerful than you. You do what I say because I'm the one yeah. with the gun. I'm the one with the badge and I'm the boss. You're not. Yeah. And, and, and that's the problem where you can't de-escalate a situation if you come in there with that kind of attitude. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it's problematic. And there needs to be some sort of reform. That's my whole big thing about everything going on right now in the police world. There needs to be some sort. Like my buddy Ruben and I were talking the other day and he goes, dude, he goes this year, only six people have been shot by the police in Germany. Six people. He goes, you know how many have been shot in the United States? I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared at the number you're going to tell me. He goes, 996 and i'm and i I'm, I'm i'm just thinking about it i'm just like that is crazy that's like 900% yeah. 900 almost 1000% more yeah and he goes do you know why he he says because the police in germany have to have to be trained i don't know how extensive it is like for by 2 years he goes yeah. he goes i have a cousin who's a hair a hairstylist they had to go to uh, get their associate's degree or get their get their license and they would and had more school <laughs> than a police officer. <laughs> yeah. Is does that not like like amplify that there's a, a humongous problem yeah. when it comes to because they're they're taught to de escalate a situation. That's like the first thing. Nobody want nobody needs to die here. Let's mm-hmm. let's try to to. you oh, you're saying the
0: German cops are taught to de escalate.
2: Yeah or yeah. any cop almost any cop in, in like the french every, all in europe yeah so you look at it and you're just like there's there's something wrong and he said he said also part of the problem is a lot of these police officers are retired military so what what were they taught when they were in the military they were taught to kill
1: hmm.
2: and so and so you know they were in they were in war they shot at enemies it's a normal thing for them and so there there needs to be some sort of psychological something that goes on there.
0: Like yeah, I'm at, with you, man. I, I totally agree, man. I, there's a problem with the police. There's a problem with police brutality. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. I, I 100% agree. And my whole thing is like when I saw that Schaefer guy example, I'm like, he wasn't black and he was gunned down by the cops. Yeah, I thought he was Mexican, but it looks like he's white. Yeah. So, yeah. But my point is, I don't care what race he is. That's a problem. Yeah. That life mattered. Yeah. And and that's why I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of even before Black Lives Matter, the hashtag and all this stuff. That's just not how I think. Right. You know, I don't think in terms of like, well, OK, let me focus on only helping black people now. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said before about that is kind of more this Marxist idea of like, OK, who's the victim now? Let's, you know bend and shift our entire society to help out the the one group that we've determined is a victim right now did, did you did i see the, that the, 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 thing today? the fallacy with that is like yes if that is a victim group fine but there are other victim groups right we need to have a comprehensive strategy and i think a lot of where the solution lies is in what you just described it's in police reform
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not having a culture of covering up bad cops. It's the same thing with like the Catholic priests, you know, right. There's the whole atrocity of abusing children in the first place, but almost just as bad, if not worse is the cover up of that. Right. So same thing with the cops, you know, there needs to be that culture of like, look, you know, there has to be consequences. If you're a bad cop and you're abusing your power and your authority, you know?
2: Yeah. I I, I just think the whole slap on the wrist thing and, Move departments or move them into another. Nah, that's not a solution. Party. Yeah, no, it's totally not, and and yeah. that's what's happening. It's being swept under the rug, and and to me, it's it's kind of like you know cover up city, and and
0: you know that guy, bad. the cop Chauvin who killed George Floyd. I looked. I remember back when I was researching it at first. He had a he had a rap sheet. He had a history.
2: Oh yeah, he no, par- yeah, he had a history of of. He- Gun uh, or shooting yeah. on the he, on the he, job. Yeah.
0: He shot a Native American guy. I, he shot a, a Hispanic guy. I think he killed one of them. Right. Um,
2: the, the Asian guy but, supposedly had 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 a prior prior. Uh, I don't know what it, on the job shootings, too. So. But yeah, my whole thing my, is, like, my whole thing it, is it, like,
0: again, it's kind of an insult to the Native American guy who was killed by the same Chauvin cop mm-hmm. and or the Hispanic guy who was killed. It's kind of an insult when you say, well, black lives matter. It's like, wait a minute. But when the uh, black guy gets killed, do you you
2: know what happened with the Native American guy? Was he unarmed as well?
0: I don't know. I don't know the whole story,
2: but right. Right. So, I mean, obviously, obviously
0: what happened with George Floyd is terrible. We all saw that. I haven't heard a single voice in the country say that that was somehow justified what that cop did. Everybody has seen it. Everybody knows George Floyd was murdered. That was terrible. Oh, well, yeah. I bet you the guys so, that are in this film would say that, <laughs> right? You know right. what I
2: mean?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna hit play. I'm gonna hit play, <laughs> and we'll make it. We'll make it another five minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go.
1: A few moments
2: later. Yeah,
0: Yo. you don't believe that, right? Neither do I. Nope. That guy, the the wacky George Lucas lookalike dude. Mm-hmm. He said a few things that bothered me the first time when I watched this. And that was one of them when he said, Oh yeah, the radical left, there's no such thing as the radical left. Like, Oh no, you're, it's a false equivalency. Right. But
2: also like we have to go back in time because this is all around Charlottesville. Right. So like that's not today, but even still back then, I would say there were still some, some, Left wing terrorism going on. Yeah, like Antifa exists. The fact that yeah. Antifa existed, they are to me, they are a terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. They're they, you know, obviously based upon the other stuff that we were watching, they could be funded by you know some liberal, some with deep pockets or, or something Soros. like that to yeah to divide to divide the nation and divide us to keep us from actually knowing what's really going on in the government or behind the scenes in in the world so the whole dark state thing you know what i mean yeah so so you know you look at that and and you're like well either this guy just doesn't know or he just wants to believe that there isn't
0: yeah i think there's a little bit of both right the funny thing is i was just watching some tim pool videos earlier today and apparently there's a lot of shit going down even uh within blm and there's a lot of conflict right now between antifa and blm and all these groups and they're, there's a lot of infighting you know because uh-huh, uh-huh. it's kind of like they all have similar objectives but you know it's kind of like the way antifa is playing out today is very different than how antifa was playing out in this documentary uh-huh. you know back then i mean the whole construct of this the whole paradigm of this documentary is uh, alt-right bad guys and Tifa good guys. It's like a yin-yang, you know? Um, right. But the reality is, it, it's funny when you look back, because remember after this happened, remember when Trump said, well, you know, there are good people on both sides or bad people on both sides. Remember remember how much how much of a hard time he got for saying that? Yeah. But there's yeah. some truth to that, though. I mean, when we look at, rioters and looters now when we look at dude it was a white it was a white girl who burned down the wendys in atlanta in georgia you know well so i i saw a facebook
2: post this last week that talked about you stand in traffic you get what you get you're gonna protest by blocking off traffic you get what you get and guess what the pictures were from they were from charlottesville and i'm like you've got to be kidding me Because this guy who ran down these people was a fascist. He was an alt right guy, and he did it because he just wanted to be a hero for the alt right. And I don't know if the guy just didn't know that that's where the photos came from. And what I wanted to say was, you know, it it, uh, was essentially like, do you know who the only person that died in this was a white person? And it was a woman. Yeah, the girl, right? And this, yeah, this is her name, and this is this is what why she went to the, you know, like there's a whole story behind it, and you know, I just got to the point where I was just like, do I want to have this this exchange with this person to try to educate them on what they just posted was literally the probably the worst way that you could have done that, and mm-hmm. then I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna just let them live in their ignorance. I don't have. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I yeah. don't have the t- the time or the energy yeah. to to be that that sort of warrior, I guess for for the for for right. And it it sucks because I wish I did. You know, I could just be like, yeah, but hey, it goes back to you know?
0: it goes back to what I was saying earlier uh, in the July Fourth podcast about like I'm not an activist. You're not an activist. You know, like this right. is not our job, right? You know? you got two kids to raise, you have, you know, you have your life to take care of. And I have my, I have to build a business and build an income somehow, you know, like I have to keep things moving and us becoming semi activists, you know, we're Mm -hmm. not going to make enough of an impact on anybody where it's really worth our time. I think all that we're doing with our semi activism is we're taking more hours out of our day and out of our life that could have been spent more productively.
2: Right. You know? But I mean, at, at some point, this might become, you know, we might, who knows, somebody might come and ask our opinion on these sorts of things. And they might say, Hmm, we never thought of that. And you know what? We should try that. You know, who knows, you know, who, who's I coming
0: mean, up asking your opinion out of the blue? Well, you're no, around people, nobody. I guess, more than me. Nobody is. You know, <laughs> nobody's asking my opinion for anything. I mean, all I have, I'm isolated by myself and, right but i mean th- the whole thing is is there
2: has to be a voice from the middle and you know this all this all goes back to the whole two party thing that you and i always talk about it, there there's got to be more people that believe the way that we do than what's happening on the left and then what what's happening on the right there has to be the problem is we don't have a voice and how how do we get our voice out there you know because we we're not alone we're not we're not sitting in in hiding it's just who do we talk to without being demonized by the left
0: or shot down by the right you know what i'm saying so there there's who who on the right who who honestly come on who on the right is shooting you down for saying anything right i don't know the first part okay. you said is true if you say something if i say something people on the left will, will demonize you yes Cancel right. you, demonize you, shame you, you know, right, well, oh' the culture thing, yeah, yeah right i mean it
2: it it's just frustrating to be sitting where we're sitting, and knowing that we have the voice of reason, but nobody hears it, that's what yeah. sucks you know what i mean yeah, I it's like i'm i don't think that i'm i'm uh, my thoughts are too far out there i think that i'm very supportive of all races i think that i'm worried about what's going on in the, the black community i'm worried about you know police brutality i'm worried about non-justice i'm worried about you know police reform all that kind of stuff and i want i want to 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 have a voice that's that people will say yeah you know what what is what is brian got to say about it you know what that's that's insightful you know, we should, we should do some of these things, but of course it's not going to happen. And you just feel helpless and powerless to a a certain extent,
0: you know? And, and
2: believe me, man, like
0: you're, you're not even the one trying that hard to put yourself out there. I'm actively trying all the time. Right. And and I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like it's really frustrating. It really is. And I'm really struggling with especially being so isolated, where I feel like I need it more than you need it. You know, I need a back and forth. I need a human connection. I need some dialogue. I need to feel like I'm part of the world and the community, you know? And well, I'm I mean, re- what I think so, that is something that's applaudable, you know, is the fact that you're willing to
2: have discussions with people that don't believe the same way that you do. And there's a lot of people out there that aren't. They're like, they only circle, run in circles of, you know the the whole echo chamber thing yeah. where they believe I believe this, you believe that. Let's let's all believe it together. Yeah. You know, and and my whole thing is you know these pe I won't say these people, um, a lot of people because you can get trouble for saying that, right? <laughs> but like a uh, a lot of people, they will they won't form formulate their own opinions. They'll just say you know oh this is what this is what I'm told to believe by this news channel. So that's what I believe. And that's it. Yeah. You know, you, you go the Fox News route, you go the CNN route, whatever the case may be. Oh, this is how they're reporting the news. That's that's the factual, that's the facts, and that's how I'm gonna present it when I talk about it. And mm-hmm. no, my my whole thing, like e- even when when I told you I was gonna research the QAnon, I'm like, I I need to see what the other side's saying, right? And mm-hmm. so I I started after I watched uh, those parts of it, I went and I I looked at you know what the Atlantic had to say about it, what um you know, was uh, this news channel or that news channel that was saying, okay, this, this fringe group of conspiracy theorists theorists believe this, and this is why it's troublesome. And And just to get the full picture so that I have, you know, an understanding of where the
0: middle is, I got to try to find the middle. And if, if in fact, you know, it's not, it's not even, it's not even the fact that we're trying to land at the middle. The way I see it is, we should all, whether you're on the left or the right or the middle, we should all be in pursuit of the truth. Right. And the, 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 the truth is always in the middle. That's, no, not that's... necessarily. Not necessarily. Sometimes it'll be way over to the left. Sometimes it'll be way over to the right. And right. It, it, here, here... it depends on the issue. But I think people, unfortunately, are not interested in... Well, it depends on the issue, though, Right. Now, no, well, what I'm saying is by the truth being in the middle, if you find that it's on the right, then you
2: need to move your middle to the right. Does that make sense to you? So that now your barometer, that's what the truth is on that subject.
0: That's well, okay. Middle. Let's, instead of talking in abstracts, let's make it real. So like, let's talk about abortion, right? Okay. Oh, so oh, abort- abortion, abortion. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's <laughs> let's lighten things up. Let's move away from the alt-right and <laughs> Antifa and let's talk about abortion let's uh let oh my (laughs) god
2: none of these are easy discussions man these are like super complex and dude that's why interweave oh my goodness
0: that's why it's introversion man no small this is a no small talk zone that's what oh
1: my
2: goodness right
0: (laughs) we go straight deep (laughs) (laughs) all right all right abortion so okay abortion is one of those things where we got the right and we got the left right Mm -hmm.
1: a few moments later
0: yeah, well, among, okay, another so, minority. So I will, I will say this, kind of as a concluding remark on my, on my end for, about this uh, Richard Spencer guy and all this stuff. It's like, the, one of the reasons why I am so pro free speech mm-hmm. is I have no problem with Richard Spencer saying whatever nonsense he's going to say, you know, right. um, because he's so full of shit. You know, when people start talking about, he's talking about how important race is, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm saying race is only important because you're saying it's important. But the reality is race doesn't really matter.
2: Not to us.
0: Well, yeah, but if it, if it cannot matter to us, it cannot matter to anybody else. It's just based on our life experiences us growing up in a pluralistic multicultural military style upbringing, race doesn't really matter to us, you know? So then it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning about education of children and all that stuff. It's like, if we can enlighten more people when they're younger, you know, Mm -hmm. to respect other people who are different than you, to have a better understanding of history, a holistic view, um, to learn empathy and to learn to love and respect each other, and the more that we can all lift each other up and Mm -hmm. it isn't just about one group or this group, but it's about all people. It's about all lives mattering together. Mm -hmm. Then there's no need for racism, you know? And again, I'm not saying there's no racism. There clearly is racism. How how optimistic am I that there's never going to be racism? Honestly, I'm not that optimistic. I'm skeptical, but we could at least start making strides Toward a society that is not so racist, and and I know
2: deep down in the heart of a, a lot of the people that are saying, no, no, wait, all lives matter. That's part of the argument, right? Don't don't get me wrong. But then there's also people that are are, are just like, yeah, you know, because I remember like when when the whole Black Lives Matter thing came up with the uh, uh, what's that guy's name out in St. Louis? Um, God, I can't think of the name on the top of my head. Uh, Chris Brown, right? Is it Chris Brown? I think it was Chris Brown. I got to get the name right.
0: Oh, the uh, person who was shot? Yeah. It's not Chris Brown, but uh, I forget the name. It's something Brown, right? It might be Brown. Chris Brown is uh, Rihanna. Yeah, Peter. I know. Yeah. Tonight is tonight. Chris I to
2: say Chris Brown. Michael Brown. Michael Brown.
0: All right, yeah, yeah that so that's right.
2: Yeah, so when when Black Lives Matter came up with Uh, all-around Michael Brown, I was one of the guys that was saying, no, no, wait, yes, Black Lives Matter, but all lives matter, guys. Like, if we all treated each other, and and that's part of it, if we all treated each other with respect, then we wouldn't be having these problems in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's when you you want to elevate one race over another that you're going to cause problems regardless. So in the Black Lives Matter movement, from what I can tell, they want to elevate Black people above all other races. That's problematic, too, because then you're going to have the same thing on the flip of the scale. And that might be part of their reparation dream just to say, hey, you know what? You had us. We're going to get you back. Yeah, It might not be that. It, and it might not be that at all. It might just be like, you know, no, we're, we'll show you how to treat somebody that, that is, is less than than you. We're not going to treat you the same way you treated us, whatever. But, you know, I don't. know. And but the whole thing is, it's like
0: I understand your audio is people getting really are... choppy. I hope that's not in the recording, but in my ears, I under... sounding choppy. Yeah. Well, you've been choppy for me the whole time too. Okay. But like,
2: a uh, um, but like, I think of like the people that are saying all lives matter. I understand where they're coming from because I understand the whole concept. But at the same time, you you look at, you know, you 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 and it, is it just the narrative that's being shoved down our throats, right? That that's what they want you. To, To say, because oh no, you need to be ashamed of uh, of the fact that you're not black, and you know you've had privileges that that other people have not had. I've had privileges in my life just because I wasn't born. I was born as a military brat, right? And Mm -hmm. I was able to travel the world. I was able to experience other cultures. I was all this. That is a privilege that I have had in my life. Over over some. Yeah, but it was also it was also a struggle too, though. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, of course there was some, yeah. some, it was tough. It wasn't always easy trying to make new friends all the time, all that other yeah. stuff. But in all actuality, I, I've had that privilege where, you know, a, a, a white kid that lives in a small town in Georgia never had that experience. So I have, I have privilege over that kid. You know, I mean, wh- where, are we, where are we to draw the line on what, what is considered privilege and what's not. And, and the whole thing is it's like, no, it's, You know, I was luckily lucky in my life that I was afforded that that experience and I'm able to interact with most anybody that I come into contact with because of the fact that I have moved so many places. I can make friends snap of the finger. It's you know, I'm not scared to go talk to somebody if I'm new somewhere and you know, because we're yeah,
0: we're used to adapting and, you know,
2: yeah, adapt and overcome. Right. So. Uh, or whatever move on and and that's why i i think may maybe the solution's got got
0: to come from army brats i don't know i I don't know you know what i'm saying like we 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 military brats are the key to world peace we are we
2: might be i mean just think about it like how how many cultures we had to interact with over our lifetime and you know and and you know, it's it's just an interesting thing to me. Like, I didn't see probably overt, overt racism against me until I got back in the United States and I was in my 20s or late 20s, early 30s at work.
0: Oh, I, I, I disagree. I experienced the majority of the overt racism that I experienced was between age, I would say age five and 18. Yeah, so high school for you. Yeah, and... Yeah. uh in middle school?
2: I mean, I had some, don't get me wrong, but I, I didn't take it seriously. I was just like, Psh, whatever, man. You know, I'm like, you're stupid. And it just, and that's just the way I, I, I reacted to it. But like, you know, after college, when I, when I was in the workforce and somebody straight up came up to me and, and treated, and like bowed to me, like they were Japanese and said, hoi. I was I I honestly dude I could have gotten that guy fired I could have 100% gotten him fired and all I said to him was like where in your mind do you think that that's appropriate you know Uh and and I called it out and he was like oh oh, man I'm just kidding around I'm like no that's not cool and that's it you know you got to squash it when it happens and I think all too often like there there'll be somebody that witnesses racism that says nothing and that's a problem, you know, if we see it, we need to do it. Like I, I, I look at the the whole Floyd thing and I'm like, man, if I was there, what I feel like I would have been, I would have ran at that cop and tried to tackle him off. And yeah, I, I might've gotten arrested too. You but... might've
0: gotten killed
2: in the process, yeah. but, but I mean, what,
0: what do you do? Somebody's murdering somebody right in front of you. Yeah. There were people there and they were yelling to stop it and they the cop didn't stop it and Right, because they had other police that were keeping them away. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, would would that
2: would they shoot you while you're trying to to get that cop off that it's, off yeah, his neck? It's quite possible I, I they don't, would. I don't know, dude. But you you would like to think in your heart that you would do something about it. And so I I look at this kind of stuff and like when you see racism you have to you have to speak up. You have to say something you have to try to stop it and and in that case i don't even know that it's just 100 percent racist i just think it's it was just peace peace brutality beyond yeah. I, I, that guy was soulless you know yeah. what i mean and it's it's insane dude like you couldn't find a more uh, racially diverse group of police officers <laughs> yeah right you had you had a white guy hispanic guy a black guy and yeah. an asian guy right and, and I look at it and I'm like, you know, if, if it was the Asian guy that was on his neck, it would still be a problem. But it would be a white on black thing. It would be a police on black.
0: Thing. Yeah, that's the thing, though, as I feel like we should be looking at this issue more as a police brutality issue uh-huh. than, than a race issue. Right. But if you look at the way it's played out since George Floyd. Mm uh-huh. hmm. Other it's than about race, all about race. Why are we getting right. emails every day from every company with hashtag Black Lives Matter and fists all over it? And because it won't it's meant even... to divide us, man. Like Yeah. Yeah.
2: We I mean we we are in a divisive time and they want to separate us so that we don't have unity, so that whatever powers that be can have control over us. That's it. Yep. I believe yeah. that to be true because you know
0: United we stand, divided we fall. It's, there, it's there's definitely it's, there's definitely something going on, but there's a lot of
2: It's the election year. Remember? Every yeah. time an election year happens, something has to happen.
0: That was and, what happened and, with that was when Black Lives Matter first kicked into high gear, was right before the two thousand sixteen election. hmm And, and then here we are, four years a, later. A
2: commit, at the midterms, you had the caravan coming up from Honduras. You know, it, it, there's there's always something, and like, mm. uh, what did they say? They a virus always comes in, in an election year, and and you watch there. It's cyclical in in that regard. Like, oh, it's
0: the, crazy, the, the man. Avian
2: flu, the swine flu, Ebola. Like, if you look at the the timing, it's it's during an election year.
0: That's interesting. And I hadn't really backtracked and looked at the timeline for those. You should you should look that up, dude. It's it's an interesting thing. When too many coincidences, man, dude.
2: When when, <laughs> when what does it say? When does this? Uh, when when is too many consequences... or not consequences? Coincidence. Coincidences, mathematically impossible. You know, it gets to a point where you're like, "Come on, man, they're just playing us." And you know, I. I think we're a little bit on different sides with the whole COVID-19 just because your situation is different than mine. But at the same time, like I'm wearing my mask, doing what I'm supposed to be doing,
0: you know? Well, actually, I am too. I'm just not happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no choice. I mean, when I go outside to go to the store, I have to wear the mask. They won't let me in. I need to get groceries, so I have to comply. But Right. I'm clearly I'm only doing this because they're mandating it. I'm not doing it because I think it's actually saving my life or anybody else's. That's Uh the difference. So they haven't made it illegal to walk down the street on a beautiful sunny day by yourself wearing a mask. Uh Um, I'm glad that I can at least breathe fresh air and get sunlight because that is good for your health. Uh Um, But then as soon as they say that is, that's illegal then you have to wear a mask even by yourself I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, God, you know, here we go. You know, I I think in North
2: Carolina right now, you it's that way. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, just even out in public, you have to, regardless, you have to put a mask on. So.
0: Yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not cool with this, man, because. Misdemeanor in another state. Didn't I just send you the thing, the article, the Tim Pool thing about the, the, the guy who went to the gym, got arrested in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. think I saw that. M- maybe I didn't send it to you, but I sent it to somebody today, but it's just the well, I got problem a buddy out in Arizona who, who used to work at this other
2: gym where the, the gym owner is suing the, the mayor, or not the mayor, the governor of Arizona.
0: Interesting. Because,
2: because they, they, they let gyms open back up and then they closed them all back down again. And just gyms, but mm. pe- people can go out and they can protest, but yeah, right. You know, or or this business can be open, but that bit like who determines and why? Yeah. You know, like,
0: this is okay. what pisses me off is these double standards, triple standards. Like, okay. So I have to wear a mask to enter the restaurant, but then as soon as I'm sitting at the table with my friends, I could take the mask take off. off. That's, That's fine. Like these roles are so arbitrary. That's why I sent around that video from the funny guy, you know, with the long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's totally the nailed guy that guy with the long hair. You know what I'm talking about. The uh, awaken with JP. I think that's his username. You didn't see that video. I don't know. I... I don't know if you sent that to me. All right. Well, I'll send it to you again. It's hilarious because basically he's reenacting the process of the policy making behind the masks. Oh well, then, no, I, I don't think you sent it to. Oh me. yeah, I'll definitely send it to you because it's hilarious. <laughs> he totally nails it. He he nails the arbitrariness mm-hmm. of the whole thing, like I'm describing just now. You know, right? Like, Sir, the Surgeon General just tweeted this. Seriously, people, stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus. Sounds like we should mandate masks. Okay, so medical grade masks. No, just anything. An old handkerchief, a worn through t-shirt with holes in it, a maxi pad for all I care. I think these are all medical devices exquisitely designed to keep viruses out of the human body. I think. And, and that's what I see through, right? I see right through that. Mm-hmm. And I also see it's all like a chess match, right? So I'm the kind of person who, and I would think you would be this kind of person too, where you see, okay, well, what's the next step? All right, well what's the thing right after that? And then what's going to come after that, you know? It's like they just start testing the waters like okay, well you have to wear a mask. I'm like, "Okay, I did that now." And they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, now you have to wear a mask in your own home." Uh, why? And just like, "Uh, because you have to." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Okay, all right." And then if you don't, okay, well, we're going to enact, you know, we're going to eavesdrop on all of your devices. We're going to have access to cameras in every home. So that we can see whether you're wearing the mask or not, and they're like, "No, no, no, I still have privacy in my home." And they're like, "No, nope, it's for the greater good. We need to be able to see if you're wearing the mask in your own home or not. Therefore, we need access to cameras in every home in America in order to protect right. you." And so, like and so yeah, I it mean, sounds it sounds it sounds ridiculous right now when I say it, but watch these mm-hmm. things keep happening. It's a right. pattern. You know, and if there's no pushback, if everybody just does as they're told, whatever the government tells them to do, they're just going to keep pushing it further and further and further and further. That's why I'm like I, I'm libertarian. I believe in limited government. Right. You know? It's like yeah, ri- and I've said it before. Risk is highly personal. You know, it. I gotta I, find that
2: other video I was telling you about the other day about the military industrial complex and how much larger it's getting and how computers are are really involved with it now and all that other stuff. Like it's kind of a super big deal. Like surveillance and all that. Oh, being able to spy on all information. I'm not just talking about all recorded information. Like as far as history goes, I'm talking like information that has come out of everyone's mouth from the history in the dawn of time. That's how much storage space they have. (laughs) Yeah. And so you think about that and like, obviously they have, they weren't able to record, you know, um, julius caesar saying et Brute really but <laughs> right. at the same time that's in a history book you know what i mean so so you look at it and like no every every bit of information that exists ever they can store and that yeah. is scary to
0: me because then they're yeah. going
2: to feed that into some sort of ai device right to learn the the history of humankind
0: all of and, this has already been in the works, man. Like all, I oh, mean, yeah, like, yeah. All of the algorithms, they understand. where And next thing yeah. you
2: know, we're in the matrix. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for real, we're, ba- we're batteries. So predictive I mean, programming,
0: know, predictive programming, as they say. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. art oh, dude, imitating like, life, life imitating art. Mm-hmm. The Purge, man. Have you? Have I told you about the Purge yet? Have you seen the it? movie? Yeah, the original movie with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Hawk?
2: yeah. I saw that movie.
0: Yeah. Pretty creepy. It's creepy, but come on. It it it's uh-huh. not it's not so far fetched where I couldn't see that happening in a few years. Yeah, I'll be
2: I'll be staying in my house. I won't be going out to purge.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, until they come for your house and then it's kind of like, "Well, how much protection can you afford to protect your house?" Right, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then your daughter is older in a few years and she wants to sneak out to be with her boyfriend. And all of a sudden there's a security breach and then you're fucked. And then I got to go out on the purge streets and try to find her. right? Uh-huh.
2: Because you know, arena won't let me stay inside and be like, I ain't going out there. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you better go get that girl. It's nice right. knowing you. No, it's dude, just, it's, it's
1: yeah. This I is mean, the how- problem
0: though, is I see all of these layers in society, right? These layers of conflict. Mm-hmm. And I just kept keep feeling. I mean, that's why when we watched the Q and on thing, and I saw the end, I'm like, dude, I, there's no way I could be remotely that optimistic about the way things are going. So right for me, oh, do oh, they dude,
2: they totally like. I was like, oh yeah, that could totally possibly be. Oh, that's a possibility. And then they ended it with that. And I'm like, you guys,
0: well, yeah, you guys we are going down, yeah. We were on board with all of the negative things they were pointing out about society because we can see those things. But then when they started proclaiming the positive that's right around the corner and about to happen, we're like- Well, I was having, uh, I
2: was having some issues with the idea that Hillary and, and Obama were involved because the Secret Service and how they're never really alone. You know what I mean? Like the Secret Service does not lose sight of them. In theory, but come on, man. Yeah, you think they like that they would say the Secret Service, hey, we're gonna go
0: down here in this, this kill room basement. You guys stay out there and How could she have the private server with all those emails and all that stuff and the Secret Service not know about it? Obviously have people no have their own I don't know. Those I don't people know. are powerful and they have means. So we shouldn't be so naive. Now, what was that, that
2: one T V show with uh with what's his name? Uh the actor
0: Oh what the, Oh yeah, the Kevin TV Spacey. show with the actor. I know. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, the the where he was president. Oh, you're but talking he, about House of Cards. Yeah. I never watched it.
2: There there was some stuff in there that was kind of kind of overt or co- con- covert and sneaky too, but like like sexual and all that stuff and I was just uh-huh. like they couldn't get away with that. But at the time, they he wasn't like president, he was like a senator or something like that. Mhm. So they were able to do some things but I don't know man it's tough but I don't know I think think we should end for today yeah alright
0: man Uh, let's wrap it up I hope this has been enlightening for you the introversion podcast is on its way but we've obviously got a long way to go to get to where we want to be getting to I will certainly be doing my part in cranking out new episodes every week but here's where you come in if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please,
1: please, please. please
0: give a five-star rating. It just takes a second and it will empower the introversion podcast to rise up and conquer the suppression of algorithms that would otherwise crush this fledgling podcast into unknown oblivion. So yeah, please leave a rating and even better, an actual review. Just a few words expressing what you dig about the podcast. Honestly, would mean the world to me and would really help provide the motivation to keep this baby growing. Also, I'd love to hear from you at any time. Comments, questions, or if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, send an email to podcast at introversion.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I am Jay Caslow. That's J-A-Y-K-A-S-L-O on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, pretty much wherever. I really want the Introversion Podcast to be something special. Raw, informative, entertaining, experimental, inconceivable, enlightening, therapeutic for you and me. Let's keep the conversations going about a range of topics that affect us all. Let's rise above all the hate and sickness and sadness and strife that plague this world. Let's seek to better understand each other and ultimately live our best lives. Seriously, let's do this thing.
2: Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.